Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hi again, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Schwartz on Sports here at New York Sports Day. I'm Peter Schwartz. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast, the 2019 NFL regular season fast approaching. A lot of storylines around the Jets, the Giants, and the whole NFL, and on the line with us to talk about it is a terrific analyst for the NFL on Fox, and I go back with him a long ways back to our days in the Arena Football League. I want to welcome in a good friend of mine, Charles Davis. Charles, it's Peter. How are you? Peter, it's great to talk with you again. It's always fun to reminisce about our fun times that we had in the Arena Football League. I think we were together one night and watched Aaron Garcia and the New York Dragons put up 99 points yes. on the Carolina Cobras. I mean, we can go on and on. I, you know, when I see the Bears coaching staff, I see Mike Furry, uh-huh. one of the great stars of the league, coaching for them now. And I mean, just there's connections all over the place. I know everybody hears about Kurt Warner, and and rightly so. There are a lot of people, a lot of people who are in the NFL now, scouts, coaches. You know, Jay Gruden cut his teeth on arena football. Sure, sure. You so, mentioned so, so you mentioned Mike. Right on down the line. Right. Well, you mentioned Mike Furry. Obviously, Matt Nagy, the the head coach yep. of the Bears. Went to two arena bowls, so there. I, that you know, when people ask me, and we're going, I'm glad we went off topic here because I want. I, it's good to start here. You know, when people ask me about my time in the arena league, you know, I I, I talk about how great the game was, and and I think still is, and I was fortunate to be involved in arena football again this year in the in the National Arena League with the New York Streets. But when I talk about the bet, the you know the old days in AFL. I talk about the relationships, whether it was yes. getting to know you and you know getting to know Aaron with the Dragons, all those people, people in the league and the front office, David Baker, who's now the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, anybody that poo pooed arena football back in the day, you know, not doing it anymore. When you see so many people that um, that have evolved and have, have become a big part of the NFL and, and other aspects of pro football. So true, and I'll just cap it here because I know we've got other business to talk about. Uh-huh. What other league would you would you be able to work in, enjoy what you're doing, and realize that Jefferson's brother from Fast Times at Richmond High <laughs> was a defensive coordinator in your league? Is that right? The guy, the guy that played Jefferson's brother, Stanley Davis Jr., uh-huh. was a D coordinator at one time in the league, Peter. And it was amazing because I remember I just found out on a fluke. You know how it is before the game, everybody's kind of milling around. Yes. And then you just hear someone go, "Yo, Jefferson's brother." And then he's like, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that was me." And yeah. I'll be darned, it was him. He was in the movie Jefferson's brother, and then he became a defensive coordinator in the league. Pretty cool deal. It, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed my eight years in the Arena Football League. So many great stories and. One of these days we'll get together just privately and, and yeah, be able to be, be able to check. Uh, let's let let's get to the NFL and obviously we're you know a couple of weeks away from uh, the start of the 2019 season. Let's start with the New York teams obviously for local interest and uh, selfishly as a Jet fan, let me start with the Jets. There's so much buzz about you know this team and Sam Darnold going into his second year and he's got a brand new weapon on offense and running back Le'Veon Bell who sat out 
last uh, last year. Let me let me start with Bell. Uh, your your thoughts on him sitting out and um, you know coming to the Jets and and uh, do, do you buy the whole thing that you know he's he's a year fresher because he didn't play last year? How big of a factor do you think he'll be for the Jets this year? I think it'll be a huge factor, Peter. I mean, this is one of the better running backs we've seen during this this time frame in football because he can do everything for you. You know, and, and if you go back and, and for people to remember. Le'Veon Bell at Michigan State, totally different body type, even a different style of running. He was a thicker, bruised, more more of a bruising type runner. Mm-hmm. But you saw the kind of shape he put himself in in Pittsburgh. He lost weight. He leaned down. He became more of a slasher. Still had the power, but his agility continued to to, to increase. Now he goes out into the slot and catches passes for you. Look, the, the, the fresh legs argument, we can go back and forth on it. You know, who, who knows what it truly means? But a year without wear and tear on your body for a running back, that can't be that can't be bad for him. You know, it just right. can't be. I, I don't buy the idea that now all of a sudden he's got all kinds of rust and he's not going to be able to play. I don't see that at all. I see Le'Veon Bell as being very good right from the beginning. And, of course, he'll have that little extra determination to prove something to people as well. So right. I'm excited to watch him play. And he's a nice, shiny, uh, under-the-tree Christmas present for Sam Darnold, who's going into his second year and I think last year we saw you know some some inexperience you know learning curve for him at the end of the season I thought you know he improved and he's had a great off season and a great training camp so far uh in your mind is the the sky the limit for him it certainly is I mean there's a reason a lot of people had him as number one quarterback coming out I was so torn between he and Baker Mayfield I think I ended up leaning on Sam Darnold but you know for whatever reason I always kept thinking this Mayfield's coming Mm-hmm. And he's proven to be, but Sam Darnold is not going to take any backseat on the whole thing. I mean, he's going to be a heck of a player, and he's already shown plenty of that. Look, the moxie he showed on opening night last year, throwing a pick six to begin and hanging in there after that against Detroit, yeah, and then going on from there and having good games along the way and continuing to get better at different things. Plus, I do believe they've upgraded the offensive line. You know, yeah, Ryan Khalil. Ryan Khalil is a great addition if he's able to stay healthy. I thought he was totally finished. I was stunned when I heard he wanted to come back, but I love the fact that the guy still wants to play, finds a home, and what a great addition for a young quarterback to have that guy in pivot. And I think Alecio Semele, a big-time left guard, a Pro Bowl left guard, that's a great get for them. I just like where they're going in terms of that. So, yeah, I'm big on Sam Darnold, plus his ability to make plays outside the pocket, which continues to increase in the way the game's played nowadays. You know what teams want? He has that. He has that ability. He sees the field in a big way, a lot like his basketball background might dictate. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the defensive side of the ball. They're thin at corner. They just lost Avery Williamson, linebacker, you know, for the season with an injury. Uh, there's some tremendous talent. Quinnen Williams, their first-round pick, along with Leonard Williams. There's some really good players on the defense. Jamal Adams, obviously, is a terrific young player and uh, I think a future captain for this team. Uh, defensively, do you think the Jets have enough to compete? Well, I think they have enough to compete. The big thing is going to be do they have enough to make plays in those games that are going to be the tight ones, right? You know how it is, Peter. Yeah. This is a, what the coaches tell us all the time, it's a seven-point league, right? Games mm-hmm. can go by seven points more times than not. Last year set a record for the most games that were played within three points. Wow. I think we had 70-something games last year. It's an NFL record. So if that doesn't tell you this league is tight and you better make plays and you can't afford to make a bad one, 
I don't know what else it'll tell you, but I do love, you know, getting Quentin Williams and being able to put him with Leonard Williams when he's ready to go full go. I think that'll be huge for them up front. That's a big get. You're right. Losing Avery Williams, was, that, that was, that's bigger than what people know. Mm-hmm. This guy's this guy a 100-plus tackle a year guy, a guy that's dependable, shows up. This is the first time I can remember him missing any time. But, you know, C.J. Mosley, a big-time get. You're right. They are thin at corner. They got to figure out what they're going to do over there, but at the same time, I think it's a team that will respond very well to what Greg Williams has to co- has to preach and coach. Younger teams, hungry teams, teams without a lot of success, they respond very well to what Greg Williams has to offer. Yeah, let me close with uh, the Jets with their new head coach Adam Gase and um, and obviously Joe Douglas, the new general manager. I think it was a little disturbing the way we we got to that point where. You know, Gase was brought on, you know, with Mike McCagnan still on board. Then they let go of Mike McCagnan after free agency. And uh, I, I think in, in a backwards kind of way, the Jets did wind up getting it right because Joe Douglas, by, by all accounts, is, is a superb, you know, football executive. He's already made some really good moves. Um, you feel like the Jets are, are in good hands here with this new regime moving forward? I do. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm real big on Joe Douglas. I've known Joe for a little while now, and him coming from Philly. As you said, it may not have been the ideal search. I mean, if, if you put it in the textbook and said, this is how you conduct one, this wouldn't be it. <laughs> but sometimes right. you fall into the right guy. Uh-huh. And I feel, I feel very confident they did with Joe Douglas. And, and, you know, his ability to mesh with Adam Gase, Adam's ability to mesh with him. When you look at teams around the, the league that are really good at what they do, they do have that good nexus between head coach and GM. No question. And they have to have that chemistry. There's no question about it. We're talking to Charles Davis of Fox Sports. The NFL season getting underway in a couple of weeks. Let, let's go to the other locker room in, in MetLife Stadium and talk about the Giants because as many offseason storylines as the Jets have had, the Giants have had their share as well. And it all starts at the quarterback position as well. Eli Manning is back. But the Giants used the sixth pick in the draft uh, to take Daniel Jones, a quarterback out of Duke, and there have been so many picks over the years, specifically here in New York, that have been so criticized and scrutinized. And man, the Giants uh, got got just you know you raked over the coals for this for this selection. A lot of people seem to think he would have been available. I guess it was at you know sixteen or seventeen, 17 when they had the other pick. Uh, your thought on, on Daniel Jones and, and the whole Giants quarterback drama going on? Yeah, I'll start with the second part of it, Peter. Look, we can play the game all we want. Hey, you could have got him later based on how the draft fell, but we don't know that. Right. I keep hearing everybody say, well, you know, you saw how the draft went. Other people, well, if he didn't get taken at six, that doesn't mean somebody might have jumped up. Right. Someone, someone might have changed what they did in the draft room and said, you know, someone would take him at, you know, 13. You know, I mean, we don't know this. So, when you have conviction on a player, and the Giants obviously had conviction with Daniel Jones, when you have that, that is a big deal for you. You know, I mean, what you try and do is go ahead and say, who do we really want? And when he's available, do we jump on him? Mm-hmm. Well, he was available at six. Do we wait till 17, hope that we get through? You can roll the dice if you want to, and no one probably outside that room is ever going to know that you rolled the dice and you didn't catch your guy. Right, right. But they would know. And I really think that we've gotten, I'd say in the last five to seven years, Peter, when you have conviction about a player, you go get him and don't worry about, could I have gotten him later? Did the rest of the league evaluate him a certain way? Because there, was plenty of, there are plenty of people 
okay, that evaluated him as a second-round pick. Right. But knew that he would push up because quarterbacks are a big deal. Look, I didn't have him in my first tier. All right, so I'm not going to sit here and try and go revision his history. Right. I thought he was a very good player, and I did say at the time, I thought he had the best pro day out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Now you got to take that with a grain of salt. How much do you value pro days? How much do you not value them? It, it goes into the evaluation, but I thought his pro day was spectacular. I thought it was superb, and, he, and I actually tweeted it at the time, like, this is the best pro day out of the top, <laughs> out of the top quarterbacks. Okay? So the thing, then, then now let's move on from there. We know that he was brought in to sit behind Eli. They were hoping to get a year in. His preseason has been off the charts. So everyone who booed him that night at Yankee Stadium, the ice cream guy <laughs> when he was serving him, all of that are all sitting back going, hmm, well, let's temper it a little bit. Remember, still preseason. He's not running too much against the ones. It's vanilla preseason. We'll have to see how things go when, when, when everything jumps it up. But you see why they took him. Not just the athleticism, that poise, uh-huh. right? strong arm. He's about what he's doing. All those things are going into it. I still say Eli will be the guy, and I think he'll be the guy until their playoff fate is determined. And if it's determined that they're not going to the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised at all that Daniel Jones will start getting some run right then and there. I want to ask you about Saquon Barkley because a lot of people feel, and I, and I looked at the draft last year, and obviously the, you know you're talking about Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold as the two quarterbacks, but. When you look at that draft last year, a lot of people, including myself, I, I still think Saquon Barkley was the best player in the draft. And, all, you know, listen, it's tough sometimes at running backs because you don't know what the shelf life of a running back is. But if the, if the Giants hit it right here with Daniel Jones, then they absolutely made the right choice with Saquon Barkley because this kid is terrific. He was great as a rookie, and, and we only, only can tell – what he's going to be like in, in year two and, and beyond, because this this kid is something special. Yeah, I like what you said about it, because so many people still screaming, well, great, but you got all production out of Saquon, but you didn't get wins, you didn't get a quarterback for the future, Eli's about to go, and then the Daniel Jones selection happened, and I, I remember that night saying, well, this is the selection that, that quantifies what they do you know, by, by picking Saquon Barkley. This is the selection that, that justifies that pick if Daniel Jones plays up to this level of being the number six pick in the draft. And so far in the preseason, everything's tracking in the right yeah. direction. But it's also going to tell us how long Dave Gellman is going to be the Giants general manager. Yeah, no doubt about it. Coach knew that when he decided to make those make those picks and make those decisions. That's one thing about you, Coach Gellman, as you know, Peter. He's not afraid to do things. Right. Okay? He has conviction about everything that he does. But here's the, part, here's the other part, too. For all of our discussion about running backs and get them anywhere, blah, 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 the whole, certain teams do things a certain way, and a running back is big. When the Giants have had the biggest success, they've had very good runners. No Your question. Horse, back in the day, right? You just go right on down the line. Otis Anderson. OJ Anderson at the Super Bowl runs. You know, you just, just, just keep looking at that runner and the defense. That's in the DNA of the Giants organization. Well, the Cowboys are going through their thing now with their runner. They have to have him mm-hmm. by the way that they like to play. This kid fits the same way. He was the best player in the draft. He didn't go number one only because he wasn't a quarterback. And, many, you know, I remember thinking, if I'm Cleveland, is it, if, depending on how they felt about all the quarterbacks in the draft, they could have very easily taken Barkley at one. Yep. And gotten, and gotten a quarterback at four. I've said that to so many. I've said that to so many. And I understand why yeah. you want to make sure you get your guy. 
and their guy was Mayfield above all, and they yeah. wanted to make sure they had it. Yes, yeah, I've said that to so many people. Like if I was in the in the in the uh, the seat of the Browns. I probably would have taken Barkley first and, and then just, you know, taken a quarterback with the fourth pick. But I, I think when we look down the line, I think we're going to find out that the the Browns are going to be very happy with Baker Mayfield. Yes. The Jets are going to be very happy with Sam Darnold. And the Giants are going to be happy with Saquon Barkley and, and Daniel Jones from, from everything that we've seen so far. I would agree with that. It's, it's rare that all those kind of moves, as you know, with the dominoes fall, that multiple people have smiles on their faces. But I think this one sets up to where, as you pointed out, multiple teams will have smiles on their faces. That's very unusual when those kind of deals are made. Usually usually there's a winner and a loser, mm-hmm. right? Or a winner and a, eh, we did okay, you know? Yeah. In this case, I think you're right. This could be like Fantasy Island smiles every <laughs> And everyone could be extremely excited about what they have on their roster. Absolutely. We're talking to Charles Davis from... Uh, the NFL on Fox as the 2019 season is fast approaching. Uh, we've gotten the uh, the local aspect out of the way. Let, let's let's turn to the whole NFL. I, I want to start here, and uh, you know, last night was obviously another indication of all the criticism of the preseason. And I was wondering what your your thoughts on it. Uh, we had the situation in Canada last night where the field had some issues. They had to play on a shorter field. The Raiders uh, Packers game. Um, and that turned out to be a disaster. Cam Newton got hurt last night. There have been injuries. We mentioned Avery Williamson before. What's the Charles Davis solution for the preseason? I'd like to see it get knocked down to two to two weeks. I don't think they need more than that. What, what's your solution to the NFL's preseason issue? Oh, I'd be, I'd be all over the two weeks. I'm with you. Two weeks for preseason because you're going to just continue to get more and more joint practices. And mm-hmm. the joint practices take care of the work for the guys. There's right. A lot of one, one versus one work. No one gets hit. You know, no one's going to for the legs. All that you try and stay up. Get teams to trust. You're gonna have some blow. You know, we love. You got some dust ups along the way. It's 95 degrees and you're in full pads and you're getting screamed at and you're hitting people. Mm-hmm. Eventually, something's going to boil over. That's right. Not a deterrent. As long as it doesn't turn into full fledged brawls all the time. A la Buddy Ryan. <laughs> during his time frame where he thought that was a, that was a cool thing. Well, I remember, Charles, I remember being in Albany a number of years ago for a Jets-Giants joint practice, and there was a full-out brawl in that one, too. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have them. You hope to avoid them. You just hope that you're not dealing with a team that wants to do that as opposed to it just organically happening because it is going to happen. Look, New England and Tennessee got together. You got Vrabel and Belichick. Now, you can't get a better respect factor there, right? Right. The last day, you had A.J. AJ Brown and Stephon Gilmore pushing on, uh, tugging on each other. Next thing you know, 15 guys are surrounding them. And then at the end, there really was no fight. It was pushing and shoving. And, of course, it got reported as a brawl. I remember Mike Vrabel the next day saying, if you guys call that a fight, you've never been in a fight. Okay? Because <laughs> right. that was not a fight. It was push and tug. And he was right about that. But you will see more of that. I just think two games. But here's the thing, Peter. If it gets knocked down to two, the league, when I say the league, the owners, other people are going to want to go to 18-game schedule. I don't want that. I don't want it. just floated it out there. I want it to get knocked down to two preseason and continue to play 16 regular season. Me too. And also, don't bring me one of those, hey, let's have 18, but you can only play in 16. That's ridiculous. That was nonsense. I hate that. All right? Imagine little Johnny or little Jill saying, I'm going to see my favorite player this week, and that's the week he sits. Yeah, no, you can't have that. I, one thing if you sit for injury, no one can get past that. But sitting just to sit, 
because you said, you know, you can only play 16 and 18. You, no sale in this camp. I'm yeah. not buying that one at all. Keep it at 16. Play two preseason. Make the fans happier by making ticket prices accessible in the, for, for the two preseason. Yeah. And make sure when you have joint practices, all teams have open practices so that the fans can come out. I, w- I wouldn't even... Could get as close as they can during that time frame because what we're putting out there right now in preseason is not good for the fans. It's it's garbage. I would put those joint practices in a real stadium and and yeah. charge and charge five or ten dollars for charity. And, and you know something, the Eagles, although they didn't open up any other practices, which is a little bit of a surprise. I figured they'd have more of those. Their one joint, pra- their one open practice, it wasn't a joint. Their one open practice was in the stadium. Yes. I think they charged $10 a ticket, and all money went to autism, you know, yep. the autism research. Yes. I, you can get me for that, no problem. I just wish, I wish there were more of those. And as you said, make the joint practices that way, then you can go, you can have more people who can come, because a lot of people, this is as close as they're going to get to seeing their team play. Hey, my, my brother. to go to see a regular season game. My brother-in-law lives in Philadelphia. He took his uh, son, my nephew, to the uh, the open practice. They had a blast. Those open practices are great, and I think the NFL should do more of that. Uh, a couple more minutes left with Charles Davis. Uh, can, can, have we had enough of the Patriots? I mean, I, is this enough? Or are we are we done with them winning this year? No. <laughs> Come on. So, so if people are feeling that way, well, you better strap up because I got to see them in person against Tennessee for two days of practices, and they look like the Patriots that you're used to seeing. No, don't tell me that. It's preseason, but it's, these are the Patriots. And they went through one um, red zone passing drill, and Ryan Tannehill was running for Tennessee, and out of the five snaps that he took, two balls he sailed into the stands because no one was open. Two others were in. Two others were um, he actually ate. He never even threw the ball. And one other one, Knockdown. That coverage for that secondary tight. This is a team that knows how to play. They've got it figured out. Let's just put it this way: if you're betting against the Patriots, you must have more money than I know what to do with. <laughs> uh, can the Chiefs take the next step this year? They can because I think that they've made the moves on the defensive side of the ball that are key. Look, we can talk offense all we want, and, and with good reason. You know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and right on down the line, and a really good offensive line with the most underrated tackle in the game, Mitchell Schwartz. I like that last name. I mean, he can he can flat out play. Okay, mm-hmm. and I know that Fisher went to the Pro Bowl last year, the left tackle. Wrong guy went. Mm-hmm. No, no offense to Derek Fisher, but the wrong guy went. Schwartz is a better player, and he's one of the better ones in the game. But flip it over to the defensive side. Now you've added on added in Frank Clark, uh-huh. double digit sack guy who who can't wait to show the league. You know, I can't believe Seattle wanted to let me go. Um, he's there. Um, Darren Lee coming over from the Jets, second opportunity, and maybe he can fulfill his promise there and play. Uh, they drafted a rookie safety, Juan Thornhill, who I think is going to be a sensational player. And they picked up the badger, Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. And Steve Spagnolo, a veteran defensive coordinator who's had plenty of success in the league, he takes over. And he doesn't have to get him to top 10, mm-hmm. right? You just have to right. get an extra stop or two during the game. You do that and turn Mahomes loose with that offense. That's a whole different ballgame for that team. So, yes, they have the chance to take the next step. And the NFC, to me, comes down to the, the Rams and the Eagles, I would think. Maybe the Saints are in there, too. But yeah, I, they're, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with you where you're going, but all of them will be challenged. You know, the the Rams in their division, Seattle style, because you know in boxing we always take best styles make the fight. Mm-hmm. Remember, Ken Norton style screwed with Muhammad Ali. Right. I mean, there was no comparison about who the better boxer was, but but for whatever reason, Norton style really screwed with him, and he had some really difficult fights with him. Lost the first one, took the second in the decision, took third in a, in a, in a split decision, and wish he'd never seen Ken Norton ever in a ring. Okay? Right. Simply because of style. Well, Seattle style does that with the Rams. The Rams won both games last year. Go back and check them out, Peter. Both of them were tight contests. Both of them were difficult. Seattle ran the heck out of the football and jumped on them a little bit. It's going to be it's going to be a dogfight out there. Then you look at then you look at it, Saints. I think Atlanta gets off the deck this year and really challenges them. Okay. You know, they've made those changes there on the defensive side. They, look, the head coaches decide to take over defense. Does that tell you it's a priority? Yes. yes it is. Mm-hmm. And the offense bounces back and they get the injured guys back with Devontae Freeman, Julio's there, etc. And then the last we talked about, um, um, let's see, we said New Orleans, the Rams, the and Eagles. Philly. Oh, comes down to Carson Wentz. Well, it comes down to Carson Wentz being able to play 16. And what does Dallas do? Do they get Zeke back? Are they ready to go? Is Dak's contract settled? Remember, Dak didn't have to be done this year. Right. They just want it done in, in peace of mind. He can be done next year. They want to get it done now, if at all possible. They've got to get Zeke back, though. Because Stephen Jones said it, like Reggie Jackson said it in the 70s, Zeke is the straw that stirs the drink. Absolutely. They've got to get him back and turn him loose. And if so, they will make a serious run in the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no doubt in my mind. Remember, Dallas is a defending uh, division champs. They sure are. I, I want to close with this because I feel like at times you live in this house, in the Schwartz house, because <laughs> every every time I, I walk around the house, I hear my kids playing men. And now they got the Madden 20. And, of course, you, along with Brandon Garden, are the, the voices yep. of, of Madden 20. First, they did a fantastic job with it this year. The, the graphics, I mean, the graphics have always been great, but... Uh, this year, as I'm watching them playing right now, as we're speaking, they have the volume turned down, so I'm listening to you live as opposed to... They, they found the mute button, so everyone in the house is happy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, you, you must have a blast doing the game. I know we've talked about it before, but how cool is it to be one of the voices on this game? It's very cool, and there's not a day goes by that it, it's not a day in the future that it won't be cool. You know, <laughs> you think about the people who, you know, I mean, Coach Madden started this thing. Coach Madden's still involved. He wants to know what's going on with the features. He wants this thing to look like real football. That's been his charge from the beginning, and he will not compromise on quality. And the people who work on it, they, they know what the challenge is, and they work at it like crazy. You get like 300 people per day working on that game alone, Peter. I mean, these are really serious-minded people right. working in their craft and putting it all together. Brandon and I are fortunate enough to, to be the voices of it, but the people who do the work behind the scenes, that's just off the charts. So it is very cool to do. I've said, I've said it before. My son's now 21. When I started doing it, I think he was 16, 15, 16 years old. And the first time I ever got street cred was when I told him <laughs> I was part of the Madden franchise. So if that doesn't tell you all you need to know, Considering what I do on my day job, uh-huh. he's like, "Yeah, all those things are cool, but Dad, Matt, Matt, that's big. I'm um, saying that that's big. Can you help me out here a little bit and send uh, a, a subtle message to my kids, Bradley and Jared, that maybe it's okay to like kind of turn the game off once in a while and go yeah, like do yeah, something yeah, else, yeah, read a book, something absolutely. like that. Absolutely, absolutely, it's okay to turn it off every now and then. 
All right? <laughs> get a book. Go play with your friends. You know, do the chores mom and dad have outlined for okay. you. Okay. All those things. And then you can come back to it. So what I won't tell them is that, you know, guys like Dave. Remember when Davis Webb was a draft pick of the Giants? Yes. He played high school football for his father. Davis used to use the Madden game uh-huh. to create plays that he would take to his dad. And want to use it in their in their in their regular offense <laughs> on the field. So that also comes into play. And what's really cool for me is that during the off season, they'll bring in coaches and scouts and people who will talk about the game and talk about football. They're trying to incorporate those things into the game, so I can get to sit in on a meeting and learn more football. That's great. Uh, we do have to set up a meeting between you and me to play a game because I think we're both probably equally as bad at it. Um, so I think it would be a pretty good matchup if you and I played a game. But, you know, it's like we talked about Ali and Norton. Yeah. We're throwing hands at each other. You and I would be in the pillow fight version. No doubt. I I agree. I can't thank you enough for uh, uh, a little while uh, to talk football. It's always uh, great to get a chance to catch up with you. And, um, you know, one of these days we'll we'll hook up in person and – and, ch- and chat about our uh, arena football days. But b- uh, best of luck with everything this season with Fox and, and Madden and, and all the football stuff, NFL Network, too. Um, you know, good luck with everything, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot, Peter. Always great to talk with you. Continued success to you. Tell the boys hello for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll, we'll keep cranking, and I can't wait for us to get together and reminisce about the days of old with arena football. Absolutely. Charles Davis from the NFL on Fox joining us here on Schwartz on Sports. I'm Peter Schwartz. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you again next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.